Welcome to Biennale to go, the podcast for the Biennale für aktuelle Fotografie 2022 in Mannheim, Ludwigshafen and Heidelberg. The individual episodes of this podcast are intended to offer the visitors the opportunity to engage with a range of works from the Biennale on their way between the six exhibition venues. This is because the length of the individual episodes depends on how one moves from one exhibition to the next, on foot, by bicycle, by public transport or by car. Both the artist and the curator will have their say. Have fun with it. Hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, Thomas Kuypers, is yeah. it correctly pronounced? Yeah. Okay. Today, we want to invite you to uh, have a walk with us from uh, to the next exhibition here in Mannheim. And um, we are simulating a walk from Mannheim Main Station to Wilhelm Hack Museum. Uh, the walk should be about 25 minutes. And if you go by tram, you should be about 12 minutes. So we have a talk about 12 minutes. And if you go by foot, you can hear this uh, episode twice. So uh, hello, Thomas. Hello. Um, in the Wilhelm Hack Museum, there's an exhibition called Shaping Data or shaping data correctly. And it's a part of the Biennale 2022. Uh, the Biennale uh, is uh, about from where I stand is uh, the title. And in this exhibition, we're talking about shaping data. You are presenting one work. Is this work you are presenting new? Um, I, I showed it once in Amsterdam already, um, like last May, I think. Uh, at the Ravenstein Gallery, uh, and this is the second time it will be on display. But, okay, uh, and wh wh what's what's the name of your artwork? Uh, the the name is Volumes. Uh, it's an installation that consists of like uh, several uh, different pieces and different experiments, but they all revolve around the same. Thing. <sighs> okay, yeah. okay, I, I saw this. This is the one with the pelican. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Could you could you tell us something about that? Um, well, it was. Um, Made last year, um, after like all of us experienced this uh, uh, online uh, life for quite quite a too long already, I think. Yeah. Um, and it really uh, made me wonder, like, what what does it mean to be so uh, detached from actual events and and the and the, and the actual world, um, and mainly in terms of like what what does it still mean to be a part of something and to care about the things that are happening outside of our screens. Um, Because uh, there was a very like ambiguous thing happening in this year that that I don't think I've ever seen s this many protests on the streets while everybody was <laughs> still uh, required to be inside. So I think this like made a very strange connection to me, and I uh, yeah, it it made me wonder like what does it still do to us to be part of something through the screen, but also in physical reality? Yeah. Um, and how does this screen, uh, co the connection we have with the screen, influence the way we deal with this reality and, and care about what is happening behind the screen? And, uh, well, yeah. okay. So the um, the information about this uh, um, exhibition called Shaping Data is um, um, the sh uh, Shaping Data exhibition examines how the widespread use of digital technologies is affecting our bodies, shaping our opinions and transforming human relationships. Why do you think your work is part of this exhibition? 
Yeah, I think because it departs very much from the role the screen has in our um, in in relation to our like physical um, presence in the world. Um, I think maybe it, it's best to maybe explain from one of the experiments I did. Um, yeah, of course. Because during the um, um, last lockdown um we were all confronted with these uh images on our timelines scrolling like uh, oh um think things are getting better like there's <laughs> dolphins are back in venice canals oh, yeah, okay. and uh um, it was 2020 i think yeah 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 and yeah. and uh, the sky above uh, china is clear again because there's no uh, planes pollution. and no pollution yeah. and uh, the sky here is more blue because there are no planes and uh, like all these things that most of them turned out to be a hoax and and mm -hmm. um um but there was this like small window of hope that that was created from it um but it also created a lot of other things that were like pulled up again uh when it comes to environmental issues and um one of the things that i rediscovered or was reconfronted with was the uh, the the iconic image of the uh bp oil disaster um the, the deepwater, deepwater horizon water. yeah um there was this very iconic image of a pelican covered in oil that was on all our front pages, but I was a bit shocked that this image was not part of my active memory anymore. I just saw it again. I was like, oh man, yeah, this was really bad, but yeah. it's been 10 years and, and uh, I, I just like it, it just got uh, covered with other images uh, that's, that maybe that's the way images work right now. An image that should make a very big impact just get covered in thousands of other images and then it's kind of gets kind of lost even in here well the event that it's attempting to represent is still uh very much in need of attention still the biggest environmental de disaster that we've ever seen and the environment is not going to recover from it in the next hundred years so mm -hmm. it's quite strange how small the impact of this image uh has been in retrospect um and yeah, I was I was a bit shocked that this iconic image didn't have the uh, the impact an iconic image should have. Should have, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if there are too too many iconic images, maybe they kill each other. Yeah, but I think if there are too many images in general, then maybe the chance to become a really iconic one is uh, very much diminished. Yeah. Um, so uh, from that point, I started thinking like, okay, how, uh, what can I do to fix this as a, as an image maker? I mean, like, how can I, um, like, resurrect the confrontation with this image uh, and and make it have a more longer lasting impression than it had as a as a flat image? Um, so I decided to uh, write to some taxidermists if they might have a, a pelican uh, or know where to get one because uh, yeah, it's, it's not a species that we we have around here. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I wrote to a couple of them in the Netherlands and one wrote me back like, yeah, I have one in the freezer. I bought it off a zoo a while ago and uh, <laughs> for a customer and he never picked it up. So uh, yeah, yeah, you can uh, have it if you want. So with this taxidermist, I, uh, I, I decided to like uh, recreate this photograph, but then as, a, as an actual object, the cover, so it's an actual taxidermy pelican covered in oil uh, that you can see and... It's it's real oil or is it fixed? Yeah, yeah, it's fixed. It's like okay. uh, it's like uh, recent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, so it's a, it's a, it's a big object standing in, in in the middle of the exhibition. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it does a very different 
uh, it leaves a very different impression than, than a t- 2D uh, photograph can do. You can walk around it, it stares you yeah. in the eye, it's like, uh, it, it, it creates a longer lasting impression like this. Um, but did you, did you think about that there's a, there, there, there are some parts of the image missing, like the water in the back and uh, uh, what, from what I saw, I, I, I clearly remember this picture and I remember the, the pelican from an exhibition view on your website is that the pelican comes out of the ground, spreading his wings and, uh, but th- there's, there's, there, there's, uh, the water is missing. Yeah. Yeah. I just took the one, the, the main element from it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it did let me to think in my new work to maybe uh, elaborate on creating these kind of scenes that we only know from a 2D image, mm-hmm. that we only know from a flat experience that, um, yeah, I might be able to transform into like real life encounters, even yeah. though they are still images and they are kind of like prints of uh, uh, of reality, but in a uh, spatial uh, format. So, are there are there uh, uh, any other uh, imagery? Is there any other imagery in this in your exhibition? Um, yeah, connected to this pelican, I also made a, a copper etching, um, which shows the Google results of all these uh, websites where this image was once um, uh, published. So the ex- okay. the actual image of the pelican, um, and I think what I wanted to do with having it etched on copper is to emphasize this how this relationship with images and 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 information has changed over time for us mm-hmm. um like where an etching in history was uh created to reproduce an image to to make it last forever um i think now um with the abundance of images and the abundance of information um you can only find it again when you are really reminded of it Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like uh, because it exists or the inform- the data is there within reach that that uh, it's still also accessible. You need to be triggered to find it again. Mm. Um, so this copper plate also like over time starts fading. You need to br- uh, clean it every now and then to make it shine again. So you need to like really keep the image um, alive, so to say. Yeah. Okay. So what what I What I read, I don't know if it was on your website or an interview I read uh, with you, was that you you were always thinking about this um, idea that we recognize events or disasters only by pictures. We don't do, we we do not recognize them uh, in person anymore. So there are pictures from all over the world showing us events and everything, and all we all we know on all we recognize is, is a 2D image of it. So is this a, is this a main part of your work, the this idea? Um, well, not in particular this idea, but 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 the mechanics behind it, I think, are like the the way we um, the the role that images play in our, our in our daily lives and 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 the events they represent, how they become in a virtual way part of our daily lives and in our mental mm-hmm. uh, state, start influencing also our daily lives while. Physically, they are not really part of our daily lives, and I think that's a very interesting um, uh, um, gray, gray area where, like, something that isn't physically part of our daily lives still gets to play a physical part in our daily lives, in emotion or in responses or in politics. Or uh, I think 
Yeah, that's an interesting like mechanism between the virtual and the, and the real. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So as we, if if the listener is going by by a tramway, you should be already at Wilhelm Hack Museum. But there's one last question. Um, let me quote you um, from from your from your own website uh, an, an idea that uh, we sh we could talk hours of, but mm -hmm. now we we make it quick. Uh, truth is dependent on who, what, where, when, and how, and we are never impartial. Do you think that this is an universal statement or is it just glued to photography? Mm. Well, I think it is a universal statement. I mean, everybody brings his own set of experiences and his own set of like uh, um, visions on life into the world. So everybody has a different pair of eyes um, in, that, in that matter. Um, and like, I, I think some people have the power to utilize um, photography or other forms of media to uh, convince people of their uh, view. But... Um, Yeah, I think it's always a, a, a some sort of a power play. Okay. Yeah. So, Thomas, it's time to say thank you. And I hope the listener is uh, having f nah, fun is the, is the wrong word in this exhibition. Is, uh, is, yeah. uh, Seeing something new, something yeah. very informative and getting new ideas I of hope this so. world. Yeah. This was so, quick. Yeah. There, they, they, uh, now we are 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the, the listener is standing in front of the William Hart Museum and listening to us. Enjoy the show. <laughs> Enjoy the show. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Cheers. <laughs>